Welcome to episode 91 of Broad Street Hustle for your YouTube people. Uh, you don't have to adjust your dial. I don't have the typical Campos hoodie on. Got a, got a jersey. It's something I'm trying out. Uh, maybe get a sponsor from, you know, Nike, Reebok. We'll see what happens. Um, episode 91, we have an action-packed show, so I'm going to get right into it. Jason Sayeta. Hey, Tom. What's going on? What's up? Uh, Chalky. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. And Christopher uh jason you had a name what was the name uh joe oh that's right joe christopher meeker. joe public meeker yeah all right let's jump right into it first i just thought of something we should touch on the 70 point game by Embiid. anybody jason you want to give your thoughts quickly uh i mean it's crazy i mean <clears throat> listen the guy played 36 minutes if he played 40 minutes i think he could have challenged kobe's 81 i mean you know, if you look at the the, the, the list of uh, guys who scored 70 or more, yeah, there was, nine. was it Wilt was like 53 minutes in one of the games or something like that? Yeah. Tri- triple Brian, OT uh, game, yeah. What's the name? Uh, Mitchell uh, was like uh, 51 minutes. Um, I mean, the only ones that rivaled Embiid were Lillard was 39, but they were trying to prove a point with him in that game because he was leaving, so they were just giving him the ball on every trip down the floor the whole game. And I'm sure um, he had a ton of threes in that game, too. Yeah. And yeah. beat David, one. David Robinson, they were going for the scoring title for him. It was the last, last game of the year. So that's why, you know, his was, was that. Um, I think Booker, and Chalk, you might remember this. Was Booker going for a scoring title also when he did his? I don't remember that now. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that's the case or not. I mean, listen, it's still impressive, but, you know, kind of a little corny. But, I mean... Uh, <laughs> 70 points. I mean, what could you say? Yeah, I mean, the Sixers were feeding him in the At fourth the end. you know, when he got in, you know, back in the game. But you knew from the first quarter that it was going to be, you could see it trending to, like, a historic Chalk- game. Chalky and I were talking, and I was like, ah, damn, why didn't I bet Embiid's over in this game? You're like, you know he's going to try and do something against Wembenyana. You know what I mean? And then that, Popovich talked shit about him or something. Didn't he say they're going to hammer him the whole game or something like yeah, that? Yeah, but I thought that was like tongue in cheek, wasn't it? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think okay. he said something sarcastic about like yeah. uh, okay. how they're going to stop him, but he was basically, it was like, we can't stop him. So, or something okay. like that. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But I mean. But you knew right away he was, when he was mm-hmm. going down low and crashing for boards, you knew there was like, like you said, something, something going to happen. Chalky? Yeah, no, I mean, you figured with, with the whole, you know, uh, Wemby coming in first time, you know, I and B would be looking to have a big game. Um, I actually offered Jason a chance to go to the game, but uh, neither of us ended up there. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we were texting like during Didn't the game. Well, for me, the last time he scored like 60 or 59, pos- weren't yeah. we supposed to go to that? It's possible, <laughs> it's possible. Um, just let us know the next time you pass up tickets. I know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, um, but it was, I mean, it was funny too because the, I mean, they they were down like. 15 to 2 to start the game or something so you're like ah oh, this isn't just ain't gonna be their night and it you know last night turned to be more that game but i mean the way he was scoring like he was getting down low and getting on the bucket instead of you know he only took he made one three only took two and you know he was taking some outside shots but it was just like he was just hitting those elbow jump shots like yeah. and he got to the line 20 sometimes but i mean it was yeah it was it was something else and um and then, like, I think it was towards the end of the game, it started getting close, and, like, I went to him, and then he had a nice dump off to, um, shoot, who was it? 
he like dumped it off to was it Ubre maybe who had the light got a layup or so. Yeah. It wasn't like he was trying to gun it to get to 70, but obviously he won the ball every time down. So it's only happened a handful of times in NBA history. So no matter what the circumstances are, it's pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, and, and that elbow shot that you said, that's kind of why his game this year has been elevated. He doesn't yep. miss. He and literally if somebody probably, challenges him, he blows he by them. Blows and by. And, right. So it's like he knows when to take it, when to blow by him. And he, he he's got to be 60% from that, from there, that at, at minimum. Yeah, say more. Minimum. Yep. And that's why. Yeah. Mika, your thoughts quickly? Yeah, I was just going to say that shot has just been unguardable this year. Um, and I turned, I mean, I even told Jason, unfortunately, I, I was, I turned it off like midway through the third. I think he had like 42, 43. And I knew like, okay, he's going to get 50. He'll probably rest him. But the game was close. So because the game was close, they kept, you know, they kept them playing. And which is why I got there. But what is he also 22 or 21 of 22 from the line? Missed two. 21 of 23. 21 of 23. That's a. Phew. Amazing. Like if that guy's shooting 85% from the line, I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how you can stop him. I mean, it's just an impressive display. Yeah. And I remember when he came in, you know, as he started developing, that was like the comparison with Wilt is he can score like Wilt, but he shoots 80, whatever percent from the line where Wilt shot, you know, 45% or whatever it was from the line. So he can, you know, try to go after kind of all his, uh, his records at one point. Um, all right, let's move on. Vic Fangio is the Eagles new defense coordinator. Uh, Chalky thoughts. I mean, I didn't think they would be able to get him this year because, you know, Miami, he, they, they played pretty well until the end when a bunch of their guys got hurt. But, um, yeah, like I said, it, if it was up to them, they would have brought him in, um, when uh you know they had the vacancy last year they they've had guys that have run the Vic Fangio defense and now Vic Fangio is going to run the Vic Fangio defense um but i don't they're going to have to get some better players to run the defense i think so it'll be interesting to see what they try to do in the free agent market um but you need you need at least one decent player added to all three lines of the defense if if not more um but He's the guy that that runs that in you know runs the defense that you like, and I was actually surprised to see some of the names. Like you know, I when Meeker mentioned Rivera, I was like he, but then Rivera wound up interviewing for the job. So I, I figured once I saw that, I was like, all right, they want somebody who's established. Um, but um, and then it was like Fangio was even mentioned until it was like, yep, they parted ways, and now he's coming here. So yeah, I mean, it's probably about as good of a pickup as they're going to get, but they they're going to need some better players to go with it. Yeah, it seemed like they were mutually agreed, like the Dolphins and Fangio. Yeah. It seemed like Fangio already had something in place with the Eagles and went to Miami. That's why he went to Miami, yeah, and said, let me yeah. out of it. Um, but he's that guy that we were saying, like, Sirianni needs or the offense needs, where he turns it over to him. He doesn't have to get involved. He, you know, runs everything. And they even mentioned Staley might join join him um, in some capacity. So, uh, I mean, Yeah, because he was, he was under him before, yeah. So, uh, Meeker, thoughts? Not much more. I mean, they, you know, uh, they're playing, like Chalky was saying, they're playing the defense already uh, <laughs> that that he plays. But the emphasis is, you know, on defensive backs playing like that quarter coverage defense. And I don't, they don't have, the, <laughs> they don't have the guys right now. I mean, it's going to be, uh, I don't know. I don't really trust their defensive backs. And, you know, this free agency, I think is going to be key. For, for it to turn around uh, that quickly. But, I mean, look, they wanted a guy with experience, a guy they had a connection to, a guy they can trust, and, and they got him. So it's it's a good move for the Eagles for sure. 
Jason? Yeah, it's always good to get like a former head coach to come in, you know, just like um, their coordinator when they won the Super Bowl. Uh, Schwartz. His name? Schwartz. You know, guys like that who at least have like the, the experience of everything and then they step back and. It seems like on the defensive side, you get away with that, where the better coordinators are the ex head coaches, but offensively, it's. Because they never work up out. Commerce. Rarely work out as head coaches. Yeah. Um, you know, he's going to be more aggressive. He's going to blitz more and all. But you, you, like Chalky said, I mean, you you need personnel too. You know, Bobby Flay, you, you hand him beaks and lips. He's not going to make a good chicken salad sandwich. So, you know, Roseman's got to got to do better than he did last year. What was the story behind them letting him go in Miami? He had a disagreement. McDaniel and him didn't didn't get along. There was an issue there. Yeah, they there was some players that came out. It seems like uh, the players their like stuff them. as he's gotten older, he's been a little more difficult to, you know, work with. But Schwartz had that kind of persona as well. So I mean, sometimes on the defense, you want a guy that's like, yeah. kind of a you know a curmudgeon, if you want to say. Um, the one thing I'm encouraged is that and Chalky Lou, they got better as the season went on. They weren't great. They had a lot of injuries, but they got better. They got guys back, but they got better, and that's something that. The Eagles have it, you know, in, in past years with coordinators is they continued down a path and got worse, if anything. So um, the fact that maybe he can coach up players or young players, you know, I'm encouraged by. So, I mean, what are you going to say? It's not, it's not a bad move. I mean, it's better than Ron Rivera or I forget who else. Rivera, were, were. Rivera probably would have been good, too. I would have been yeah, fine Was with he Rivera, ever a defense coordinator? Yeah. yeah. He was He was Bears and Chargers. After he left the Eagles? Mm-hmm. He was the Bears D coordinator when they went to the Super Bowl under Lovey, and then I think he went out to Chargers for a year or two before getting the Carolina job. All right. Speaking of coaches, uh, Meeker, I'll let you take this because you love talking coaches. A couple hires, but there's a big name that's still out. Well, a couple names that are still out there. Belichick, Carroll, Rabel. Um, you know, who, who, I don't even know who's left to fill, Seattle. So what do you think? Well, I mean, I saw first take today, and Ryan Clark was on saying that just because you are the well, I mean, don't worry, he is who he is, yeah, but yeah. Uh, just because, but he made some sense in saying what he said, which was just because you are the best coach of all time does not mean you're the best fit for a team today in today's NFL with whatever personnel you might have and whatever you know philosophy you have, and I just think that. I, I don't know that I would have done what Atlanta did in, in hiring Raheem Morris. Of course, he's got connections with Atlanta, you know, so there's there's something there for that. But, I mean, you know, he's a young coach. He They can grow with him. He's going to be there for a while. I, I just kind of think that some of these executives believe that not the game has passed Belichick by, but that he's there for more of a short-term situation where, you know, you're not really going to grow with him. And he wants full control. And if, if, if these executives don't want to give him that kind of control, especially what his record looks like without Tom Brady, then maybe they feel like, you know, he's just not the best right now. Maybe he's the best of all time, but he's not He's not the best right now. And I don't know why yeah. Vrabel hasn't gotten a sniff yet, but maybe he's going to take a year off and see what the landscape looks like, looks like and try it next year. Yeah, I would imagine. Who's left? Seattle? Uh, Seattle, but they're Se- supposed to hire Quinn. Seattle, Seattle. I still not convinced. The, 
and Washington, I mean, some, but they're supposed to hire Ben Johnson. I was yeah. going to say, Johnson's got to be going somewhere. I think, not, I, I think Seattle might be looking at one of the coordinators for the team still around, too. I actually think maybe. Quinn, they would have they would have gotten him already. And Quinn's had awesome. a, Quinn's interviewed for a couple different jobs. So Not that he won't get it, but I'm, I'm starting to wonder a little bit. I mean, are we convinced that Buffalo's not going to fire McDermott? Mm. I, I feel like, wouldn't they have done it? I think that I don't figure, think. I mean, it, I, I think they would have at this point, yeah. Um, but... I mean, if they thought Belichick was going somewhere already, maybe now that they see he's not, they're maybe they're not, saying well, it's not possible, right. not impossible. And, uh, that Tennessee would be hired the the Cincinnati uh, coordinator, right? Oh uh, yes. no, uh, uh, yeah, the uh, Tampa coordinator went to Carolina, I think. What was his name? Canella, Callahan, Callahan, Callahan went to Browse of Tampa. And then Canellas or whatever went. Canellas went to Carolina. I honestly, I watched, well, the two Eagles games versus Tampa and like one or two. I don't remember them ever saying the offensive coordinator's name once. So when they were like, oh, they hired no, Tampa. And I'm I like, remember them saying he was too like conservative or whatever. But they like, showed him a lot. He was like, uh, because They're, they talked about his, what he did with Mayfield and all that stuff. Exactly. But he was a first year coordinator. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. He remember also, uh, he helped another quarterback. Uh, he was a quarterback's coach for another team. Uh, I thought he came from college. He was quarterback's coach for a team where, jeez, oh, now I can't remember. And he grew that quarterback also. Uh, he he, you know, helped so, him yeah. develop. Which so they love. I uh, wish I could remember. Hiring those guys. It was All right, before Mayfield. we move on quickly, uh, Harbaugh to the Chargers. Jason, did you want to take that one? Uh, I think that's what we predicted, right? I mean, it was the the best job, and he was the best candidate out there, and. If, if I'm him, I'm going to where, you know, I have a, a young quarterback in place. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, that's a team that's got talent. Yeah, what's interesting is this is like Herbert's last hurrah, right? If he continues yeah, on I the mean, path. Yeah, it's, it's on it's him, him now. Him, right. It's on him now. Absolutely. Um, anybody else before we move on to our recap of last week? All right. Now, the only thing recap- that was Oh, I'm sorry. One second. Go ahead. One thing Go ahead. I was telling Jason is that I thought a good job for Belichick would have been if the Jets did not decide to keep Salah. That would have been a good job for him because then he and Rodgers could have had their two-year run at it. Um, I don't think Salah is a great coach. I mean, probably a good defensive coach, but offensively we'll see. Um, but that probably would – I'm wondering whether the Jets regret that you know, and we'll see probably by mid-season whether they regret it. But well, is, is the Jets' ownership still the same as when Belichick quit after one day on the job with the Jets? No, I don't think so. I don't know. They've they've they sold since then because Parcells retired. They named Belichick the head coach, and yeah. he, he quit the next day to go to <clears throat> New England. So yeah. I don't know yeah, if there's yeah. any bad blood. You know, it still, might be but, the same. That guy's had the team for a while. Woody Woody Johnson Johnson. Woody, yeah, yeah. Hess owned it before. He fired. He's the one that brought Rich Cotite in. But I don't know when might he died or Hess. sold it. Might have been Hess back then. Uh, I mean, Belichick. They're saying he's trying to bring in his own front office. Not even like his. That's own, a that's know. a tough ask. Yeah, I mean, well, I no can only, GM who's interviewing. I can only like, imagine yeah, that's let's, why. Let's hire him. The main reason he didn't get the Atlanta job because they were saying. What's his uh, blank? This is his name. He like he tra- he, he had tried to get um, Joe Gibbs failed, and there was another like big name, like Hall of Fame coach that he was dying to get, and he couldn't get him. So he's like Belichick might now been been the market might have been Parcells. He's he's been going after you know Hall of Fame coaches before and hasn't brought him in. And now this is the one that he would get, and then that's why I was quite shocked when it ended up being Mars. But 
Well, they said he was like who wanted him. The owner wanted him. That's why they brought him back. But right. The front office like talked. I don't know what they said, but like talked him out of. I guess bringing them. Um, yeah. And that's why they went with Mars. So. And Dave Canales was the quarterback's coach for the Seahawks, and he helped Geno Smith develop yeah. it. He was on the. He, and he, uh, Wilson, too, they attribute. He wasn't the QB coach all the time, but he was on the staff when Wilson came in. And it always the helps league. when you when the guy's good when you're there and it regresses, like, you know, yeah, when, right. when he's, you're not there. Exactly. All right. Let's recap last week. Uh, we'll start in order. So, Houston and Baltimore. Um, Chalky thoughts? I mean, it was a one score game going into the fourth quarter, and then Baltimore blew it open. Um, you know, we kind of talked about it through the messages. It, Baltimore was had a little bit of a slow start, and San Francisco ended up having the same or much slower start, I guess. But um, once they got rolling, it was, you know, Baltimore roll them over in the fourth quarter, and that was that. But uh, they hung around, but, you know, they put together a real nice fourth quarter to make it a, a was it two score, three score win? Three. Uh, yeah. Three. Yeah. Three, five. Jason, uh, thoughts on that game? Yeah, I'm mean, exactly what Chalky said. You know, it's uh, rust. I mean, uh, you know, when we get into the 49ers game, I think it was similar. Um, those teams basically had three weeks off. So, you know, Baltimore's first half. But you had that. And then also uh, Houston was blitzing Lamar Jackson in the first half relentlessly. And they were blitzing him up the middle. So they were taking away his run. So, you know, so the Ravens did make adjustments there in that game in the second half. Um, so I, I think that's another part of it. But uh, I, to me, the bigger part was, I think, Rust. I mean, they're, they're just a better team than the Texans. And Houston never really even threatened to put points on the board. Yeah, they only had I mean, the punt re- or kick return. What about, right. I mean, they weren't even deep. There wasn't like a play they missed that would have been a touchdown. Nah, I was, and they never threatened. They just blew them out in the second half. Meeker, uh, I believe your preseason pick for the Super Bowl was the Ravens. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, what's crazy is the stats won't show like how much pressure Shroud was getting uh, in that game because they didn't record a sack. But he was pressured a lot in that game, especially in the second half. Um, but yeah, in the second half, uh, you know, Baltimore just kind of dominated. Uh, Lamar had what two touchdowns on the ground, two in the through the air. They ran for two hundred twenty nine yards. So. Yeah, I mean, um, I thought Houston might hang a little bit later in the game, but, uh, you know, Ravens showed how dominating their defense was in the second half. They're tough. I was surprised, though. Their they're backs, I mean, I know they're not big names, but they weren't really picking up much yards in the first three quarters of the game um, running the ball, which in other times that threat of Lamar has helped the running backs, but they weren't very impressive. Now they're not very good in – Edwards and I don't even remember the oh Hill Justice, Justice Hill, Hill. Well, they, and they just brought in Cook right oh yeah. right he actually ran yeah in the court. yeah he yeah the ball in the that was his court. first week but so did Lamar show Jason you enough that he can carry it into the KC game and I don't want to get too in it because we'll jump ahead, jump into it but you know his troubles in past playoff games was this just like they played a better team and it was that was the end of the story or did he make a you know a playoff leap. He needs to show me that he could come back when and and become a passer that Meeker thinks he is when there's no threat of him running and he's got to be a passer. No, there's not. When you're down two touchdowns with 10 minutes left in the game, you could run as much as you want. We don't care because you got to throw the ball at that point. So when he's able to prove that – 
the reason he's not the reason he's completing passes is not because there's a spy on you and there's one less guy in coverage. Then I'll be convinced that they could win a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson. Meeker, same same question. Did he show you? I mean, you already were a believer, but enough that he can carry it through the playoffs in this game. In this game, yeah, like that that playoff game because we always said playoff Lamar. You know, there's it's different oh, well. than regular season Lamar. Yeah, well, just like you said, I mean, they were just so much of a better team. I mean, it, it, the Ravens winning games isn't really always about Lamar. I mean, it's about this year more than anything. I know he's the MVP, but this year it's about their defense. And if you ain't going to score on them, then the easiest play that you can make <clears throat> is getting the ball off or running yourself because you don't put yourself in any kind of strife in situations like that. Um, he made throws when he had to make throws. He's been pretty accurate this year. He only threw seven interceptions all year long. They just haven't really been in games where I feel like what Jason's talking about is something he has to do. Now we'll see if this week is one of those games that he has to do it, but they're normally playing from ahead. They can lean on their defense. He can grab his 90 yards in the ground and throw 65% completion, throw a couple touchdowns. I mean, they're going to win games because their defense is that good. I don't know that he has to do what you're asking him to do. Now, does that playoffs? You will eventually, right? But that was the same argument in years past, and you know the charges showed um, they took their linebackers out and played the all second D backs, and he couldn't run. There was you know a couple other games where he Titans, I think, yeah, the Titans. Titans, They they took away the middle of the field and forced them to throw outside, and he he couldn't. Um, So, I mean, the the Chiefs' defense is no slouch, and they blitz. What Kansas City you're talking about? Uh, well, we'll yeah, talk Kansas about City, that. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about that soon. I'm just saying. Right, let's that- jump to. All right, hold that thought. Let's jump yeah. to Can- uh, Chalky. Actually, you didn't get a chance. Anything uh, about on the game? what Baltimore? Baltimore, Houston. It, yeah, I, I, yeah, I talked about it first. Yeah, he started. He started. Um, how about the uh, Green Bay and the Niners, Jason? Yeah, I mean, a lot to talk about in that game. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think to start off, I think you had Rust. Um, you know, Purdy did not play well at all uh, in the rain. I mean, you could tell the rain was affecting him. He was dropping back and wiping his hand. I mean, you don't, you never see that. So that's something he needs to, to fix in the offseason for sure. He needs to either get gloves or figure something out there. But um, even the you D-backs know, slipped a couple times, didn't they? San Francisco back there. I think there was a few. On their home field, there's no excuse for them not having the right cleats on. I mean, I, I listen. I think, you know, Purdy struggles. I mean, here I, I have it written down. Purdy struggles. The Packers, I thought, dominated both lines. I mean, I thought they dominated the offensive and defense defensive lines in that game. I thought Lafleur outcoached Shanahan in that game. I thought Shanahan was not good, and I thought Lafleur was good. Um. And then, you know, Love was better than Purdy for the first two and a half quarters, maybe, of the game, right? Yeah. Um, you know, San Fran lost Debo. That never and that, helped. That, that, that changed, like, Shanahan's whole offense, it looked he, like. Yeah, because he's running the plays with Jennings that he would run with Debo, and that's it's not going to work. So, um, But fourth quarter, Purdy outplayed Love. Um, you know, um, I, I – I'm not as convinced on the San Fran defense as as I used to be, and as I, as as people think. I I think they're slightly overrated, to be honest with you. Um, 
Well, the feedbacks aren't anything special. No, I mean, if they're not getting pressure, then, right. you know, there's a problem. And I, you know, not to, not to make more excuses, but I think the Packers have turned into a pretty good team. I think they might be the second best team in the NFC now. Or top three anyway. I mean, if they're not. So I think they're going to be a handful next year. And I think they, they developed. I think Love developed. Love obviously was terrible in the fourth quarter. but um, And that's a whole other thing before I end. You know, I hear these excuses being made for Love. Oh, he's a young quarterback and he'll be better next year and all. Do, does everybody realize Love's 13 months older than Purdy? You know, yeah, he sat on the bench. So there's no years, excuse for Purdy being years. young, but there's excuses for Love being young. So, you know, and, and that being said, I, like I said, I think the Packers are legit. I think they're going to be good next year. But, you know, let's not give Love a total pass. I mean, he was probably the reason they lost the game. Uh, Chalky? Yeah, I mean, those two, those two interceptions in the fourth quarter, I mean, one of them set up the – or was it the late third quarter? One, upset, one set the Green Bay field goal. To, yeah, and then third. Yeah, because that was it. Because it said, "Oh well, the Shanahan, lo- you know, losing by seven or more after mm. the start of fourth quarter is broken." But they instead the clock ran out in the third quarter when they're kicking a field goal, so they kicked it on the first play of the fourth quarter. So I don't know if that makes a difference, but the stat is not there anymore. But okay, so with fifteen forty six left, they had a four point. You know, they were behind, but um, it was. I mean, Green Bay played better than I expected them to, and and I really thought that um, the look like, especially early in the second half, I thought they could they could put them away, and they didn't. They let them hang around, and that's what the fourth quarter they came and took over. Uh, the defense, I mean, the 49ers are op- maybe the best up the middle with those linebackers. Um, they have talent on the line, but the pass rush is not effective as it was last year. <clears throat> Excuse me. Last year, even with Hargrave on the line now. And, you know, Ward is decent in the backfield, but... Um, that, but that's been, that's been the knock on them. If there was a weakness, it was their, you know, this year, certainly their defense compared to the offense. And I think I saw, um, I forget who it was, might've been Warren Sharp or somebody posted, uh, you know, Purdy without Debo. And as soon as Debo got hurt, I was like, uh oh, because they lost the games this year, except for the Baltimore game without Debo. And like the metrics with Purdy are actually, he was like still one of the best, if not the best quarterback in the league in some of the metrics without Debo, which is weird because that offense just does not run the same without him it's like he doesn't get the ball every play but he's really integral to what Shanahan does just being on the field and his versatility and the rust and him getting hurt early that they really struggled uh on offense of the fourth quarter I mean they had a couple big play drives but it was like two three plays they couldn't sustain anything until that really that last drive and um I don't know if you saw the shot maker but the the love interception was almost identical to Brett Favre uh, on the Vikings against across the body, like everything in the championship game against the Saints when he gave that game away. So, um, and was that first? That was like first down, wasn't it? First or second down when he threw the interception? Second down, was second. Yeah, yeah. It so it's like, down. would it? What do you think? Yeah, I, I just don't didn't understand what that throw yeah. was. And they're I mean, literally but, like thirty yards away from field goal range. I mean, I don't know about that kicker hitting it, but at least now I don't know that either. But like you know, I thought their line did these these job getting pressure, but. They look like the Eagles when they were trying to tackle McCaffrey on some of those drives. Like just couldn't couldn't tackle him. They needed three guys to bring him down. That means the best running back in the league. Yeah, but still. You know. But um, no, they they struggled early in the red zone. Right, they had three attempts, two field goals. Um, yep. The one questionable it looked like he got the the first. I mean, it was close, but 
the spot they gave him was not good to extend that drive. And that was the turnover on downs. And then they got two field goals. So the game stayed close. And then like Chalky alluded to, then they had turnovers. So that close flipped to San Fran, you know, and, that, and that's all she wrote. San Fran, to Jason's point, I, I mean, I got to imagine Shanahan's going to come out with a better. He didn't use McCafferty no. early at Ter- all, ter- right? The first terrible half. game plan. So, um, Unless he was loaded up with Debo stuff in the game. Might yeah, have you have then, to ha- You would think they have like. Ah, uh, listen, I th- I think he got out coach. I think he was. But terrible. that is Shanahan's knock. We said it. He's like the Andy Reid. He has a pl- a game plan. When that game plan doesn't work, he's not the best at adjusting to. You what know, about this, that, so that clock he sticks management to- at the end of the first half? Well, no Jason idea. said, didn't you say something about holding the he's ball? He's got to- some kind of uh, metrics, which I have no idea what they are. That the team that has the ball last at the end of the half has an advantage to winning games. Maybe because it's so na- so easy they they you know get a field goal and the other team gets the ball at 45 seconds and they go right down the field and kick a field goal or something. I, 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 don't, I don't know. know. But they weren't playing for a touchdown in that drive. That was weird. I mean, if you remember the divisional game last year against Dallas, they got a field goal at the end, but it was like, you know, Keystone Cops trying to get guys in the field because they tried to get cute. So like his... Two-minute management is questionable sometimes. I have no idea what he was doing. Uh, Meeker, tie a bell on this? You, yeah, you you kind of stole my thunder with what you just said. The, pa- the Packers punted one time in this game and had one penalty, and they came away with 21 points. And a lot of that has to do with what you said early in the game when they had to settle for field goals and they didn't get that spot you know, to get the first down. And of course, everyone's going to talk to the missed field goal and the interception, obviously, you know, that's why they lost the game. But that's really why they lost the game. They didn't put up points when they had opportunities to put up points. And then you're giving it back. You basically let the Niners in the game, you kept, you know, kept the Niners in the game. And Purdy did, you know, did what he had to do in that last drive, went six for seven. And, you know, McCaffrey runs it in and, and that's that's the game. But, you know, when it counted, Purdy delivered. When it counted, Love choked. And, you know, whether they're both the same age or whatever, I mean, yeah, I mean, Love is a, a young quarterback, so he's going to have to learn from this experience. And, you know, he, but that was a horrific throw. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know what he was thinking on that play, but yeah, that was the nail in the coffin. But I think that if they would capitalize on those early drives, game could have ended up a little different. And I don't yeah, I just looked too. I didn't even realize they were losing at halftime, the Packers. Yeah, and watching the game, you would have never, you know, thought they were losing. I wrote some stats down, um, and the 49ers actually outgained them in yards. I mean, not by much, but like, by like 26 yards. But like, you know, when you think it was so so lopsided and, you know, how did the 49ers win the game? I mean, it's to what you guys just said. I mean, they basically just, instead of getting touchdowns, they were kicking field goals. So, um, but... You know, as as bad as you thought the 49ers played, I guess if you look at their stats, it wasn't that terrible. But it, it appeared to well, be, he, especially the first he, half. He got away with two missed interceptions, too, which was All also right. a big so one. So one was horrific and should have been a pick six, and there's no excuse for The second one, because I watched an hour and ten minutes of his quarterback review, and I don't know if Chalky watched the quarterback school on him. Uh, it's good because you'll see – like I was telling Tommy earlier, like you're going to say stuff like, oh, he made this while you're watching the game, 
that you're blaming him for that's not his fault. But then there's also a couple plays where you're not blaming him watching the game, and it was his fault. So, But on the second interception that should have happened, he's throwing the ball, and Jennings slips. If Jennings doesn't slip, then that ball is not almost intercepted. So that's not his fault. But then there's other plays that happen that, you know, he made the wrong read on or whatever. So I don't blame him for almost two interceptions. There was that one he threw to uh, Ayuk in, I think, the second half where it was like <clears throat> a slant and he missed him by like two yards. You know, he just yeah, – he, he was off. He was off because he couldn't yeah. – he can't play in the rain. I mean, that's – you know, the one other thing I'll say is he didn't have an off season. Like, he had to rehab his elbow. Like, he blew out his elbow. He didn't have an off season, So, I don't know if they realized how bad he is in rain, but that's something, obviously, that can't continue. That's got to be fixed, whether he's got to find the glove. <laughs> Maybe his hands are too small. Yeah, what whatever. was it, the Cleveland game that they lost was rainy, he was right? He was bad yeah. in that game, too. Yeah, he's, he's he has you could see him wiping his during the drop back. Like, <laughs> that can't happen. All right, let's jump to a preview quickly. Um, <clears throat> first game is Kansas City and Baltimore. Baltimore's four-point favorite, which I'll start with my pick. I don't need to give a lot of analysis. The line says Baltimore to me, if, and I would say Baltimore all the way <clears throat> if it wasn't Mahomes and Jackson. <clears throat> I just can't take Jackson against Mahomes until he proves he could do it, which he may, but I just can't do it. Now, maybe, like Meeker said, the defense is the reason why they get by. But give me Andy Reid, give me Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyler Swift, the whole the whole shebang. Um, but the line does say Baltimore. I mean, I definitely think that's a Baltimore line. Uh, I'll let you go first on this one, Meeker. Yeah, what's if what first AFC championship game in Baltimore in fifty years? Nothing suggests to me that Kansas City should win this game other than number fifteen is on the field, and it's really hard to bet against them. No one really wins betting against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but I think this Baltimore team is really tough uh, pretty much in every aspect of the game. I mean, Casey's defense is good. Baltimore's is better. Casey's rushing attack is decent. Baltimore with Lamar running is better. Casey's special teams is pretty good. Baltimore has one of the best kickers in the world. Look, I think Mahomes is going to have – I think Mahomes has to have an otherworldly game to win it. And they're going to have to turn Lamar over at least one time, maybe twice to win. But I think uh, Jackson's been really careful with the ball this year. Uh, like I said earlier, he's only thrown seven interceptions. And in games where, in the playoffs especially, where he has not succeeded, that has not been the case. He's fumbled. He's thrown interceptions. That's the type of mistakes that he's made, which has given him this reputation of not being a good uh, quarterback in the um, in the playoffs. But, you know, you know, if he's accurate, they're a tough offense to game plan for because they can play, you know, great coverage on the receivers. And here's Lamar running for 15, 20 yards downfield. And I think, I don't know. I mean, although KC played a very good offensive game plan last week because we didn't talk about the Bills and Chiefs. We kind of skipped that uh, Bills and Chiefs last week. I don't think we can trust them like the teams that they've had in the past, especially against good defense like this. But it's not a good idea to bet against them. I think it's going to be a one-touchdown game. I'm going to go 27-20 Baltimore, and I think they just dial up a like a fairly safe game plan this week and stick to what they've done best, and that's just run the ball, throw when you have to, and play great defense. I think they win. All right, uh, Jason? So I, I was going through the stats of last week's game for the Bills and Chiefs. I, I found a crazy stat. Do you know the, 
the Chiefs only had five third downs in that game. They were one for five. Yeah, they were never in third down. Yeah. Five Which means down. their offense was yeah. very efficient. That's oh, well, since the, since the Cincinnati game, their offense has been back at, you know, it's been back, they don't have yeah, the players, but it, I mean, Rice has emerged. They've had when guys the Eagles are, won the Super Bowl, they hardly ever had third down. If you remember that season, they would get first down or second down, you know? So, <clears throat> you know, I think the chiefs have turned around their offense. Um, now there is a concern and I forget Check. the, the Tony, Tony, right? Is, his out. Name Tony? is he out. definitely out? He's definitely Pacheco's out. No, Tooney's out. The lineman. Pacheco is questionable. He's got a toe. Uh, I'm not. Um, I'm not as worried about that. Yeah. I could play running back with Mahomes. Uh, so, um, Tony, that's, that's huge. That's big. If he's out, and he's definitely out, Chalky. Yes. Ooh. He's that out. Andrews is in. Uh, Andrews is back too for Baltimore. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Tommy. Like I. He, it's Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. I mean, it, you could laugh, Meeker, but it is what it is. I mean, it's the same thing we know. used to say about Brady. Like, oh, it's Brady versus this guy. It's Brady. You know, you, you just yeah. until. I mean, know, listen, if, if, if the Chiefs play the 49ers in the Super Bowl, I'm going to say the same thing. I mean, I'm, I can't pick against the Chiefs. But, um, you know, and then yeah, I don't think there's that big of a disparity between their defenses. The Ravens have a good defense, probably the best defense, but the Chiefs is really, really good. They got a really good defense. Um, so, and the kickers, the Chiefs have just as good of a kicker as Tucker at this point. Tucker's Tucker's slipping a little bit. So, um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Chiefs win the game. I, I just can't. Oh, did I blip out? I'm back. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna say the Chiefs win. I'm not going to give a score, but I obviously. I yeah, I didn't cover. give. I mean, I think it's close. I think it's a one score oh, yeah, game. Be a blowout. Either way, yeah, it's going to be come down to the fourth quarter, come down to the last drive, you know, something like that. Um, chalky, where you at? I've gone back and forth on this a little bit. Um, was leaning KC for a while for the reasons you mentioned. Um, then it went to Baltimore, then back to KC. The four says Baltimore to me, and apparently this is a very much. Pro versus Joe game and Joe Public is hammering KC on the four from what I was reading on Twitter today. If that's accurate, I don't know. Um, yeah, I didn't see it on some of the other sites. Vegas Insiders. Vegas Insiders. Yeah. Both 50 50. And then I might just been one of the books specifically the guy was tweeting out, but he said it's, it's, public is with the four at least when it went to four. They're on that. Um, it's going to be rainy and windy apparently. So that makes it difficult to throw. So you obviously like. Mahomes and that kind of matchup, but uh, it could also favor Baltimore's run. I'm, I think Tooney up the middle and Baltimore gets back Marlon Humphrey, who's their best cornerback and one of the, one of the better quarterbacks, is enough of a difference for me to take Baltimore against my better judgment and say Baltimore wins. And I guess covers the four or whatever. But okay, um, let's move on to the last game. That's San Fran, Detroit. San Fran is minus seven and a half, but it was like plus a hundred. And Detroit was minus 120, so it's kind of seven if you take away that juice. At least DraftKings, I don't know, other things. Um, Jason, San Fran's been your baby, so I'll let you take this. Yeah, I think this is a bounce-back game for San Francisco, especially against that that defense, which is not good. The Lions defense is bad. They're, they're decent against the run. They're good against the run, but Purdy should pick them apart. I mean, the weather will be fine. He won't have any issues with that. So, um 
I, I, I think the line, I, yeah, I think the 49ers win kind of comfortably in this game. Um, I, I just, you know, he, these dome teams that come out, and I know that the weather's going to be fine and everything, but they're still, they're changing surfaces, right? They're not playing yeah, on a fast track. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it's just different. And I just, I don't, I don't, I think the 49ers had their wake-up call last week because I do think they were rusty on top of everything else we talked about. Um, and I think they're going to win comfortably. Uh, yeah, I'll just jump in. I, I agree. I think San Fran is the much better team. I think, the same thing Jason said. They're you know going to have their bounce back game. Debo is supposed to play. I don't know. You know. Yeah, he's healthy. definitely playing. Yeah, he might be a decoy. Yeah, I was thinking maybe he's he might a, be decoy, a decoy. But I do think you'll get a lot of McCaffrey. You alluded to that the running quarterbacks have beat Detroit, so you might see. Oh, they can't. Yeah, you might I see bet Purdy because I bet Purdy, Purdy rushes. Yeah. If I, I remember, uh, was it the first playoff game they played last year? Purdy like uses his legs pretty well. Um, and everybody was surprised, like he can move a little bit. Um, you know, he's not a running quarterback, so I don't know how much he'll be dialed up, but that could factor in. Um, I think McCafferty will get a heavy dose of McCafferty. Ayuk will have a bounce back game because he didn't do much. Um, and Detroit, yeah, I don't think they can play outside the dome. Um, you know, that Tampa team hung with them for a good while, and if their coach actually game plan like we thought he was going to game plan with blitzes and. You know, they may have taken them, or if their offense was a little bit better at times. Um, so I I don't see this one close. I, I think this is the end of the Detroit era once Ben Johnson leaves and they don't have an offense coordinator. And, you know, they said that he stays with Goff just like McVay would. He would he calls out what, if it's zone or man coverage. He tells, and he tells Goff before the headset goes. And then Goff calls the, you know, changes that he has to based on that. Like, come on. I mean, it's hard to be successful when – the coach is doing it. McVay did it for him, and I mean they they lost in the Super Bowl, but they did get there. So um, I got San Fran comfortably. If anything, it's a it's a straight back door, you know, a late touchdown. But I think it might be almost a you know fifteen to twenty point game. Uh, Chalky, what do you think? Uh, I'm in agreement. I think the San Fran role that I thought maybe they would have had last week is in effect uh, this week. I think. Um, you know, those guys at the middle, those linebackers, they're not going to, they're going to be able to cover those running backs and they're going to be able to blitz, you know, run a blitz here or there and, and maybe confuse Goff. Um, and I think their, their offense that center even, is banged up too. Pretty yeah. Good. And they're, they're, I mean, Bang, right now, yeah. Detroit has a very, very good line, but they're banged up. Um, and I, I think that the, the weather won't be an issue. Like Jason said, it's 70 and sunny supposedly. So it's not cold, mm-hmm. but it's not going to, it's going to be perfect weather. Um, and I, I think I think San Francisco rolls. They cover the spread, and I think it goes under. I'm thinking like a 31-17, 31-13. What's the over under? 51 50, and a half. 51 and a half. Yeah, I figured it would be pretty 51 and a half. I think it might be 52. 44 and a half. 44. That's about in line. Um, all right, Meeker, uh, take us home on this before we move on. Uh, I don't know. You guys think Detroit can't play outside the Dome, but they have a pretty decent road record. I think with their six and three outside the who, dome. It's the who, same. Do you know the teams? They I don't even look. I didn't look at that. I didn't look at that. But and San Fran's got the same record. Against, you, you, the so so Meeker what? gave me these rudimentary stats of who the 49ers have, have beaten. Oh, that's true. Um, but well, he didn't look true. at the Lions. Oh, it's true. So and let's let's. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'm gonna I'm gonna 
ask this question to Chalky because Tom, I know I told you, and I had it. I had to uh, educate Meeker. Chalky, do you know what the lines would be on the Super Bowl if the 49ers played the Ravens or if the 49ers played the Chiefs? I want to say it was three or four for either one, I think. No, well, close. So the 49ers are favored against the Ravens, even though Meeker had these rudimentary stats that point out that they haven't beaten anybody by point and a half and two and oh, a half really, against the Chiefs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But go ahead, Meeker. Sorry. Look, I think it's going to be a really close game. And the way the Niners played last week is a concern to me. Their defense wasn't exactly dominated, and they capitalized on mistakes. Obviously, we know that when uh, Love made those mistakes. But Goff has been playing really well all year, basically. And the key to me is to get him off of his spot. Because when he sits back there and he can survey the field, the guy can deliver the ball. And it's not a bad option when he's you know flipping it out to Gibbs, who's a really really good back. And I think that's a big challenge for the Niners defense this week. Um, This is one of the best offensive lines in football in Detroit, and they have some injury concerns, like you said, with Ragnall. Defensively, the Lions are decent against the run, like you had said. Um, So I think it really comes down to McCaffrey. If you, if McCaffrey gets a hundred or approaches a hundred yards in the ground and the Lions have to stay honest against the run, uh, that'll give Purdy a lot of time to, you know, make his throws in this game. Because the the Lions' pass defense is pretty weak. Uh, they're not great. So if Debo plays a big part, if he wasn't playing, I think this would be even – the Lions might even win the game. But if Debo's playing and he's not just a decoy, and he's because they're not as good offensively without him, the stats say so. But I think it's going to be a really close game, but I do think the Niners will pull it out in a one-point win. Okay. Um and I, I think one reason that line might be kind of low is because the Detroit, you know, love around the country, like everybody's rooting for Detroit. I know Vegas Insider had that 50-50 as well, but I got to imagine Detroit's going to be the public play for, uh, you know, uh, all the I people. Thought, yeah, I'd season. like to see how the break it out is from when, like, San Fran at, at seven versus seven and a half to see if going to seven and a half took more Detroit money in because they want to buy the hook, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if they move it to seven and a half, that means they're not afraid of yeah. that at all they're just juicing it yeah so uh all right i guess uh that we'll say goodbye to joe public meeker and uh we'll move to the pegasus joe I, meeker which joe, i did not say hey he has to take his victory lap right he he had detroit and i think his over-unders were was he four and oh or three three and one uh i just did didn't I every just, game go over? No. No, um, one didn't. I think the, the, the one under I picked was uh, the Bills and the Chiefs. Mm. And, the, and that, yeah. what did that uh, end up? I thought uh, we were talking about just picks of games. I don't, I don't no, know. No, I remember no. we like mentioned about his over But hey, he, he had Detroit, so give him his victory lap. Um, but we are going to talk yeah, horses for the first time in a while since the Breeders' Cup, I believe. Um, so, Meeker? Take care. Sayonara. Have a good weekend. Okay, like I said, we're going to talk some Pegasus World Cup. It's kind of the official kickoff to the the racing season for the new year. Um, And we get into preps. And last year we covered, I think, all the preps or most of the preps. Uh, And I think we're probably going to do it. You'll see some guests around that as well. Um, 
But this one, we're going to cover the pick four. It's Pegasus Day uh, down at Gulfstream. So uh, let's jump into it. We got uh, race 10, mile and a 16th on the turf um, for Phillies and Mares. Chalky. So I'm going to try to beat the morning line favorite here. The four-star fortress was the morning line favorite. Ran a huge number on the Churchill goofy grass uh, last time out. Uh, I'm going to use four horses here to try to do that. The six, Ruby Nell. Uh, Mandela doesn't chip east, especially for races like this. If he doesn't have a horse he thinks can win, so I'm going to use her. Uh, Fluffy Socks, Chad Brown. Brown got his first win in the meet finally earlier today, so maybe he'll get a little bit of a roll going. Um, I'm going to use the eight Queen Goddess. She's been out of form, but she won this race last year, so maybe she just likes the track, hopefully. And then the nine, Didia. Um with uh, Jose Ortiz. So six, seven, eight, nine. Okay. Jason. I'm only going to go too deep here. Um, I do like, I do like chalky six Ruby. Now I heard a stat where Mandela hasn't shipped to Gulfstream in since 2001 or something like that. Yeah, it's possible. Just something crazy like that. So that's a, I mean, that's a red flag there. Um, so, um, you know, she might be the speed of the speed in the race, but I can't throw out the four um, star fortress. Um, that horse showed such a great turn of foot in the last race, and I, I, mean, I really like Lance on a turf race is insane. Yeah, and I really like Sherry Devoe. I think she, I think she improves horses. So yeah. you know, she got that horse. She improved him, her. I guess it's a her in the last uh, last race. I'm not convinced. I mean, she, you know, she might not run as big, but. There is some speed in the race, and she's going to get speed to run into. So I'm not throwing her out. So uh, I guess Ruby Nell will be my top choice, but uh, I, I will use uh, Star Fortress to four. Yeah, this is one where you want to uh, pay attention to scratches because there's some speed in the race, and if yeah. speed you know does scratch, it bumps out Ruby Nell. If it doesn't, that helps Star Fortress, who looks like a closer. A lot of times these Euros, too, when they come to America and they run that big, they're usually – the real deal. So uh, yeah. we'll see. Um, again, I, I didn't really cap. I just kind of gave it a breeze through. So I'm going to let you guys take it uh, for this episode. I'll be more prepared for future episodes. But let's move to race 11. Um, the Fred Hopper. If I remember, this was, this was the only race last year that maybe got a price because it was pretty chalky. I think Pegasus Day outside of, uh, I guess, the, the big race. But I remember I thought this one had a price. Um, could be wrong. Um, Jason, we'll start with you on this one. Yeah, I mean, for this year, I don't, I don't see a price winning. I think Hijazi to one. Uh, I, I just see see him going uh, gate the wire. You know, I don't have as, you know, I know Baffert isn't crazy about the rail, but I don't have as much of a problem because his horses, they, they just quarter horse out of the gate. That, I mean, it's rare that his horses get stuck in the gate, so that horse is going to get and out. And it's the uh, shoot too, because it's a mile. Yeah, so he has some time before he hits that that turn yeah it's pratt you know um i i just think pratt gets to leave with this horse i mean he's a 3.5 million dollar horse better than these other horses i think he just gets the lead and keeps going so i'm i'm gonna single the one hijazi chalk yeah and he was um a horse that was like you said 3.5 he was favorite in every race and now it's, he seemed to seem to find his form late in the year and he lost to another baffert in that last race so um yeah, he looks like a, a big standout, Chalky. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, not to jump too far ahead, but I am against any horse shipping in from Baffert on this card. So I have two horses. It'll be your second and third do you, choice. Do you have the, a, uh, a reason before we, we move on? He, I mean, his, his limited success since the whole scandals have come on the West Coast pretty much. And his shipping uh, in the last year or two hasn't been... And even he, he couldn't even win a, a Breeders' Cup against some of the better horses when they went to the West Coast. So Yeah, but I feel like Gulfstream is... Uh, the Wild West when it comes to, uh, I mean, you the, know, letting he's had, horses. He's had, he's had big days here before. He's won the main event two times, um, but it was prior to all that. So, and it, you know, um, look, three and a half million. Yeah, he's got the best numbers. True. But I'm going to go with the three steel sunshine. Um, I don't like the price as much, but the horse has won at Gulfstream at the distance and has won otherwise at that distance too. And then the eight uh, accredited with Brown. Um, I think those are the two best horses that, are not the one. So if I'm against the one, those are the two I'm going to use. I looked at that eight. I don't know. I just think he burns money, that horse. And then Brown's just been, Brown's been bad. Yeah. What's the reason for his, uh, no golf stream success so far. He's usually Uh, dominating this. I don't know. That's that story we heard has some kind of, Something going he, on with he, that? He had it. He, he had his first winner today at eight to one, I think, uh, of the meet. Um, but it has not. He's been no for over twenty six. He was. It's over. It's over twenty six before. I mean, if he today. gets hot, this is when you're going to get prices because people are going to start. Yeah. You know, see that. But um, yeah, definitely weird. But he's not a dirt trainer anyway. I mean, you no, know, he really isn't. Baffert over over him. Yeah. Uh, and I'm telling you, I think last year it was. Um, it's a horse that like won on the lead. I tried big to, I tried to look up Kershaw years. maybe. Oh Kershaw. Yeah. I, I feel like could be wrong, but uh Jimmy'll probably check it. But uh yeah, the mile at, at Golfstream is usually pretty speed favoring, if I believe so. Uh, every know. race is speed at Golfstream, really. I mean Uh all right, <laughs> let's move to uh this is the big turf race, right? Yeah, it's a mile mm-hmm. race. Uh some some names that have been mile floating around the- isn't a mile and eighth. Mile and an eighth, yeah. Some turf names that have been floating around for a while. Um, some big ones from last year. You'll know most of the names in this race uh, where it's Chalky's turn. Another morning line favorite. Uh, so for the uh, for the play. record, last year's winner, the Fred Hooper, was endorsed, so I believe was the... Uh, Char- Charge yeah. it was the favorite, but... Um, yeah, I know yeah, we were, I might we were, be we were against, probably. I remember. We were we very were much against endorsed, I don't think... I ever, that was a, ever, yeah, but he was like a trainer change or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. And it was shady. Um this is my this is my single with the chalk. I will go with Warm Heart. Um O'Brien's coming back. He usually usually come back this early in the season with the horses. Um it's got more coming over and they uh he lost uh this horse lost the the Philly Mare turf at the Breeders' Cup uh, by a neck. Um and if he's bringing it over here, I'm going to take it seriously. So that's going to be my single in the sequence. Okay, Jason. Yeah, I'm going three deep in this race. Um, I think I think the three integration and the, the nine warm heart are obviously the best horses in the race, and you got to use both of them. I, I would I would lean integration as my top pick, but I don't see a ton of speed in this race. And I thought the eleven main event looked like could be lone speed. It's yeah, when I was giving it a quick view, that's what popped to me was there was not a lot right? of speed in the race. And it's uh, Castellano, Castellano, whatever, Castellanos, Castellano. I'm getting yeah. Nick Castellanos confused. Yeah. Um, you know, who ran his butt off or rode his butt off last year. So 
Uh, I, I, I'm not throwing that horse out. I'm throwing, I'm throwing that horse in. So I'm going to use a three. He likes the golf dream turf too. Yeah. That's a good, yeah. Nine warm heart and the 11 main event. Yeah. I think similar to the first turf race, this is a, if the horse is, you know, on paper, just a better turf horse, you know, outside of trouble, he probably wins a warm heart. If not, then yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty wide open. Um, all right, let's move to the Pacific the Pegasus uh, World Cup. It's a mile and an eighth. It's three million. I think at the inception it was twelve million or whatever crazy number yeah, it was. They, they no longer charge the horses a million to get into the race. So there's no entry fee, so that's why yeah, the purse uh, significantly dropped. <laughs> um, last year was, uh, I think, uh, kind of uh, not uh, the favor, right? Uh, the horse that died. The horse that died. Uh, yeah. Can't uh, think of it now. Uh, <laughs> a poor thing. Art collector. Art collector. Yes. Oh yeah, he ran yeah big race and then I don't think really followed up. All right, Jason, your turn to go first. Yeah. So like like we mentioned, it's Gulfstream. So I'm picking horses that are going to be close up front. Um, my top pick is going to be the eight first mission. Um, but you know it's Cox. The horse is lightly lightly raced. Um, he's ran. He's he's. He's ran well, um, and in the Clark, which is his last race, and then you know he's got a layoff since then. I think he should sit a, a nice trip because there is going to there is speed in this race. So um, he's he's one that'll be close, but he's not going to be on the lead. I'm I'm going to pick him as my top choice, but I, I'm I'm spreading. I'm, I have the same idea as Chalky in this race. I'm against um, the Baffert horse. Trent, not um, yeah, I'm against him. Um, I'm gonna. I'm actually going to throw in this hoist the gold the four. I mean, he ran a huge race last time. I know he's stretching out, but he ran a negative four on the on the sheets. So you know he probably is going to regress a little, but he could regress to a negative two and still win this race if he could get the distance. And it's Gulfstream, you know. Maybe maybe he could stay up there if you know the re- and one of the reasons I'm against National Treasure is he's never won on the lead, and th- this horse is probably getting the lead the gold so and if he isn't he's really going to use uh national treasure to get the lead so uh i'm going to say that maybe they sit off with national treasure and let who's the gold get the lead and maybe he just keeps going so i'm using him um i'm also going to use the nine and this is a sheet play if you look at his sheets he's he's coming off two uh chalky's laughing um he's coming off uh back-to-back twos so he he might be ready to jump up um, in this race, and he, he's another one that that shouldn't be too far off the lead. He should be, you know, in a stalking position. So I'm going to throw him in as a as a as a price. And I know he's got a bad post, but Pippi Longstocking the twelve. It's Gaffleyone. Gaffleyone knows Gulfstream. I think Gaffleyone knows he's got to get him over quick. Now he might have to use too much from the do that, but. I, I, I believe in Gaffleo and a Gulfstream. So I'm I'm also going to use the 12. And I, and again, so I'm four deep and I'm against National Treasure. Okay. Uh, Chalky? It might not be as bad as I thought for Jason because he added a horse there. But I'm using three deep and I'm using the four, the eight, and the nine. Um, the one, it you know... The, the four, I mean, his number's crazy, and like you know, it, it's almost weird talking about a Dallas Stewart horse that runs on the lead because like that's just not the style of horse he usually ever puts out. And he's, I mean, he's only gone two turns, I think, once, but he's 
and he's bred for it. I mean, he's a mineshaft out of a tappet mare, so you figure they would have tried it at some point, so maybe the horse just doesn't want it, and that's why they're not doing it, but um, he's so much good speed up front that you gotta respect it. First mission, I was originally not going to use him, but, you know, looking at the sheets, it was a big, it was his best race uh, on both buyer and the sheets, so I thought, well, maybe he is going into form. And then the nine, um, ever since, the nine has to take a step forward still, but Ever since Pletcher got the horse from Cox, he's improved every single race on both the thoroughgraphs and on the buyer. And if he goes up another two or three points, that's all, you're looking at 104, and that could easily win this race. So those are my three horses here. Yeah, I mean, first mission was one of that horse that was on the trail with um, his other Cox's other um, I forget the name, and he got hurt. And now, you, I mean, just looking quickly, he had a big layoff. He came back. He ran it, you know, two best races. Uh, buyer wise and well now nah, i guess the the one prior but <clears throat> his races without lasix are huge um he should sit right off i mean he looks like he's going to be uh, he might end up being the favorite over national treasure yeah i know baffert usually takes a lot in this race but and it's cox i mean cox you gotta yeah cox i mean he just, just wins races i mean and yeah. my, my, and my if I, my fourth horse would have been uh, Skippy Long stocking, but the post and Safi's been quite cold uh, recently, so that's what kept me off of that because that's his home course. So if he's going cold there, it's not the same thing as Brown. That's true. Yeah, yeah. First missions only knock would be, and I remember that from the trail was the distance. Um, but he ran lights out mile and eighth. He did lose, but he ran well last race, so looking pretty good. All right, do you guys have a pick four to give out? All right, I do. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so I mean it's basically what I what I said. Uh, I'll do it for a dollar. So race race ten is four six. Race eleven is the one. Race twelve is three nine eleven, and race thirteen is four eight nine twelve. For one dollar, it's twenty four dollars. Which race do you think had the best shot to get you know a price, maybe even a double digit price? Um, Usually the turf races, right? Yeah, I mean, I just think those two horses are so much better than the other horses in that race. Um, but they're going to be short prices, which I'll also t- means if they don't win the turf races, true. the winner might be bigger price. I- I'm going to actually go with the classic. I-, I think if this horse, the goal, gets the lead, he could keep going. Maybe he's 10 or 12 to 1. Because, I mean, okay. first mission in National Treasure are no... They're no great Yeah, and it wasn't... I mean, there's, it there's, was no, like, unless somebody really improves, there yeah. wasn't... Uh, Whatever the horses were in the the past, the Baffords from, you know, yeah, uh, nothing special or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, Chalky uh, pick four, and then same question. Yeah, so uh, pick four caveman style. Um, this will be a twenty four dollar play for a dollar as well. Uh, so first leg six seven eight nine. Second leg is three eight. Third leg is single to nine, and then the last leg four eight nine, and. Um, I, I would agree with Jason uh, as far as which race could be the, the bomb because I think that's the only one I have double-digit prices in here. I mean, that first leg in the turf. The Gulfstream li- morning lines are a little suspicious, though. Well, so I, I mean, we all, we all we like the horse that won the turf last year at like 12 to 1, and he went off at like 3.8 to 1 as like short second choice. Um, but yeah, so those could be definitely be off. Um but, you know, the the ones that I did pick against the favorite in the first turf race, they're all middle prices. So that's like seven to two through eight to one. And le- and I think the, the hoist of gold could be double digits. And I think the Pletcher one could drift up the double digits uh, in the in the classic uh, 
at the end. So I would say that one has a better chance. Okay. Um, uh, the horse I was thinking of was Nick's Go, too. The mm. one I said, when mm-hmm. my favorite. Um, all right. That is our first horse racing conversation of 2024. Uh, but more to come as, as the derby ramps up and the prep races ramp up. Um, episode 91. Next week, it will be footballers. So we're going to find something to talk about. But then we got the Super Bowl. So episode 91, Broad Street Hustle.